Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for new episodes, and let's get ready to dive into the world of film. Of the world of film from top five from the ray taylor show uh hey there movie fanatics welcome to a very special episode of top five i'm your birthday boy and host ray taylor and today we're diving into the fun the weird and the wonderful world of birthday themed movies that's right in honor of my own birthday we're ranking the top five films where birthdays aren't just a backdrop but a central piece of the cinematic cake. Birthdays and movies have been the perfect setting for comedy, horror, and everything in between. From unforgettable parties gone wrong to life-changing birthday wishes, these films remind us that blowing out the candles can sometimes be more than it seems. Birthdays have a way of bringing out the best, the worst, and the most bizarre in us, and these films capture every bit of that birthday magic. Whether it's coming-of-age tales, comedy of errors, or a fight for survival against birthday-cursed odds, each movie in my list today offers a unique slice of life. So before I make a wish and blow out these candles, let's dive into my top five birthday movies. It's a celebration of life, laughter, and the unexpected twists that make every year worth looking forward to. Join me as we unwrap the surprises and delights in these cinematic birthday bashes. It's going to be a party you won't want to miss. Because, as I said, it was my birthday this past week. I wanted to look into the films that are about or at least feature birthdays in a major way. Uh, I uh, completely forgot how many movies I love also have birthdays in them. Uh, For this list, I wanted to make sure the birthday was for the main character, or at least it was a major aspect of the film. There are a few films that I loved that have birthdays in them, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider them birthday movies. Um... But I'll be sure to mention all the movies that were kind of in contention on some level in the runners-up, the honorable mentions at the end. Uh, But until then, until we get to that, until that last candle is blown out, uh, let's start off with my five, my top five. My top five favorites. Some of these were longtime favorite movies, and some of these were a first-time watch. Uh, and just uh, were great movies, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to also make a list of kind of, uh, you know, each movie is a little bit different. They're not all feel good. They're not all bad. They're the, I think it's it's got a little bit of everything in this list. Uh, but this is my top five birthday movies list, so let's get it started with number five. This one was a first-time watch. And has a remake, which I did not see the remake, but this original version was uh, higher rated. So, and I and I really loved this movie. Uh, didn't even think it would make the list, but in 
you know, after having seen all the movies and, and looking at my list and trying to put a list together, this one I really did want to add to it because maybe it's a movie that most people haven't seen, but it's definitely uh, a great birthday movie and different from all the other birthday movies that are going to be on this list. So coming in at number five is The Boys in the Band from 1970. This is a drama directed by William Friedkin. The film is a cinematic adaptation of a Mart Crowley 1968 play of the same name, which is notable for being one of the first major American motion pictures to revolve around gay characters. It's celebrated for its groundbreaking portrayals of the complexities and challenges of gay life at the time, something rarely seen in mainstream cinema, of that era, uh, as I said, directed by William Freakin. The cast in this, you have Kenneth Nelson as Michael, a troubled and sharp-tongued man who hosts the birthday party at the center of the film. You have Cliff Gorman as Emery, an openly gay and flamboyant individual. You have Leonard Frey a, as Harold, the birthday celebrant who is characterized by his... Uh, acerbic wit and self-deprecating uh, humor. You have Frederick Combs as Donald, Michael's conflicted, semi-closeted friend. You have Keith, P uh, Keith uh, Prent Prentice. Keith Prentice? As Lawrence Luckle Luckinbill. <laughs> uh, you have, actually not as, you have Keith Prentice, Lauren Lucklebill, Peter White, and others in supporting roles. A lot of uh, great performances in this. The film is set in an Upper East Side apartment in New York City and takes place over a single evening. The plot centers around a birthday party hosted by Michael for his friend Harold, the guests, a group of gay men, each bring their own stories, emotional baggage, and society societal challenges to the gathering. As the evening progresses, the party becomes emotionally charged. The interactions among the guests reveal various struggles related to their identities as gay men, including self-loathing, inter in internalized homophobia, and the search for love and acceptance in society that largely rejects them. The party takes a dramatic turn with the telephone game where each man is challenged to call someone they truly love, uh, leading to poignant and revealing moments. Uh, notable aspects of this movie have the cultural significance, of course. Uh, the Boys and the Band was groundbreaking in its open and candid portrayal of gay life, coming at a time when such representation was scarce and stigmatized in mainstream media. You have, of course, the character depth in this film. The film is notable for its richly drawn characters, each offering a different perspective on the gay experience. The dialogue and writing are great in this movie. The sharp, witty, and often cutting dialogue reflects the complexities of the characters' relationships with each other and themselves. You have the historical context. Uh, released one year after the Stonewall Riots, the film is often seen as a significant cultural artifact that captures a moment of change in the gay rights movement. Though The Boys in the Band was a product of its time and subsequently cr uh, critiqued, 
for certain depictions of its characters. It remains an important film in the LGBTQ plus cinema history. It uh, opened the door for more stories about the gay experience to be told in film and is often uh, revisited for its historical significance and its impact on representation in the arts. Uh, this movie is a great movie about uh, people getting together, a friend group, where everybody has different relationships and dynamics with each other and them getting together to celebrate a birthday for one of their friends and uh, things not necessarily going as planned and uh, a great one location kind of a movie, a great uh, one uh, movie that takes place over one night, uh, but a really great, you know, a movie about friendship and relationships and birthdays and the drama of life and uh i really enjoyed this movie i did never had seen it and uh really enjoyed it so that's why it is here at number five the boys in the band from 1970 moving on to a movie that i didn't know if i was going to add to this list or not but in thinking about it it is one of the main characters is having the birthday it is a very unique birthday and this is a very dark film uh so all of those reasons why it is very unique for being on this list but a birthday film nonetheless uh a birthday where people just aren't paying attention people don't really care that it's your birthday um and yet it ends up being an insane day uh, that movie i am talking about coming in at number four is Midsommar. This came out in 2019. This is a folk horror film written and directed by Ari Aster. I recently reviewed this film along with the other Ari Aster films. Uh, this movie gained recognition for... Uh, Ari Aster himself gained recognition for his debut feature, Hereditary. Uh, this film is known for its unsettling atmosphere, striking visuals, and exploration of themes such as grief, trauma, and the human desire for belonging and connection. Uh, the cast is amazing. Florence Pugh as Danny Arbor, uh, a young woman grappling with uh, a recent family tragedy, the person whose birthday is uh, it is in this movie. She she Her character celebrates uh, a birthday, a very interesting celebration um, of sorts. You also, ha you also have uh, Jack Rayner as Christian Hughes, uh, Danny's emotionally distant boyfriend. You have William Jackson Harper as Josh, a friend of Christian's and the uh, anthropology student. Uh, you have Wilhelm Blogren as Pele, a Swedish exchange student who invites his friends to his village's midsummer or midsummer festival. Um, Will Poulter as Mark, another friend in the group known for his comic relief. Mm, kind of he's kind of a jerk in this but you know i i get that uh in this movie midsomar follows danny arbor who after experiencing a devastating family loss joins her boyfriend christian and his friends on a trip to a remote swedish village they are attending a midsummer festival that occurs once every 90 years hosted by a pagan cult known as the harga harga 
possibly screwed that. Upon the arrival, the group is welcomed into the seemingly uh, idyllic community, which is characterized by its pastoral beauty and adherence to ancient traditions and rituals. However, the festival quickly takes a dark turn as the group witnesses and experiences increasingly bizarre and disturbing events rooted in pagan ritual and cultural practices that are both violent and unsettling. Danny's journey is at the center of the film as she struggles with her emotional trauma and strained relationship with Christian. The uh, Hargas customs and the festival's uh, disorienting and horrifying sequences challenge the visitor's perception of reality, morality, and sanity. Notable, many notable aspects to this movie, one of which is the visual style. Midsommar is notable for its bright daylight horror uh, aesthetic, which is contrasting, tr uh, which contrasts traditional dark, shadowy settings of horror films. The use of vibrant color and constant daylight contributes to the film's disorienting atmosphere. Uh, the themes are noticeable and notable in the this film as well. The film explores themes of grief, loss, and the human need for belonging. It also delves into relationship dynamics, particularly the uh, disintegration of Danny and Christian's relationship. This is also notable in this film is the cultural and mythological elements. The film in uh, in in. <laughs> uh, this film intricately weaves in elements of Scandinavian folklore and pagan rituals, creating a rich tapestry of cultural horror. You also have psychological horror, which is another element of this film. Rather than relying on jump scares, Midsommar creates horror through psychological tension, unsettling imagery, and the gradual uh, revelation of the Hargar's sinister nature. You also have performances being a notable aspect. Florence Pugh's performance was uh, particularly praised for its emotional depth and intensity. Uh, Midsommar received critical acclaim for its originality, direction, screenplay, and Pugh's performance. The film is both celebrated and noted for its disturbing content, uh, with certain scenes that are particularly graphic and challenging for viewers. It has been recognized as a standout film in the folk horror genre and a unique contribution to contemporary horror cinema. This movie is a movie where our birthday person, our birthday woman, uh, goes on a vacation with her boyfriend, which sh should they should by all means be broken up. Uh, he is a horrible person. Uh, and while they are on vacation, she does he doesn't even realize it's her birthday and uh is told by another person that it's her birthday uh who seems to care the guy who actually is from this this uh village and the ceremony that takes place is technically on her birthday and in many ways this midsummer celebration is also her birthday celebration and let's just say the candles that were lit at the end of this movie aren't being blown out by anybody uh it's a crazy movie that i loved the second time through uh like most ari aster films the first time i watch his movies they're a little bit much and i'm and i don't and i don't not everything sinks in 
And in my second viewing of this, as well as Hereditary, uh, man, uh, this movie specifically really, really hit a lot different in the second viewing. And uh, a great movie and a, a, a tragic movie in some ways on a birthday. There are definitely tragic moments, but as far as her character, uh, it's one of the few moments where I was happy that a character joined a cult, which that's very weird. So coming in at number four, my fourth favorite birthday movie is Midsommar. Let's take a short break from this episode. Listeners, are you an art lover like I am or simply somebody who appreciates unique creativity? I've got something you'll adore. Dive into the world of the many faces, an ongoing series of mesmerizing ink paintings on paper. Each piece is a captivating blend of abstract and surreal, always presenting a face that tells its own story. The dedication behind the series is unmatched, with new paintings being released daily. And if you're thinking about owning one, you're in luck. You can start with a 4x6 painting for just $20. And if you desire something grander, there are larger sizes available with prices to match. Imagine having an original piece of art infused with emotion and mystery gracing your space. So if you're intrigued, don't wait. Check out the entire collection and get your own at inspireddisorder.com. Own a piece of creativity that'll truly stand out. Now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite birthday film, definitely changing gears completely to this film this is a film that i loved grew up watching this movie uh, a, a great movie in general a fun movie and a movie where the birthday wish is uh, plays a big part in this which i i love that that there's you know at least one of these movies uh the birthday wish that happens for a kid uh becomes the main thrust of the film in the best way uh one of the best performances from uh comedic performances from the main actor in this movie uh but that movie i'm talking about coming in at number three my third favorite birthday movie is liar liar this came out in 1997 directed by tom shadyak and starring jim carrey known for its slapstick humor and carrey's over-the-top performance the film was a commercial success and is remembered for its unique premise and comedic scenes. Uh, it's, like I said, Jim Carrey stars in this as Fletcher Reed, a fast-talking attorney and habitual liar. You have Maura Tierney as Audrey Reed, Fletcher's estranged wife. You also have Justin Cooper as Max Reed, Fletcher's son, whose birthday wish magically comes true. You also have Carrie Elways as Jerry, Audrey's boyfriend. You also have Jennifer Tilly as Samantha Cole, Fletcher's client, one of his clients in a divorce case. Uh, in this movie, Fletcher Reed, played by Jim Carrey, is a successful lawyer in Los Angeles, known for his cunning and his frequent use of lies in both his career and personal life. His behavior is ca has caused problems in his relationships with his ex-wife, Audrey, played by Moore Attorney, 
and his son, Max, played by Justin Cooper. On the evening of his son's fifth birthday, Fletcher fails to show up for a planned father-son outing, disappointing Max once again. Max makes a birthday wish that his dad won't be able to tell a lie for 24 hours, a wish that magically comes true. The next day, Fletcher finds himself in a series of comedic and challenging situations as he is incapable of lying. His sudden change proves that uh, to be disastrous for his career, especially as he is about to handle a major divorce case where lying is the key to winning. At the same time, Fletcher's inability to lie leads to a series of humorous and revealing interactions with everyone he encounters. Uh, many great notable aspects to this film, of course, Jim Carrey's performance, Carrey's physical comedy and facial expressions are central to this film's humor. It is energetic, or his energetic performance received praise from uh, its, com its commitment and comic timing. This pen is royal blue. Uh, the comedic premise is also a great and notable aspect to this film. This film's premise of a lawyer who cannot lie provides a setup for various comedic situations, making it a unique entry in the comedic genre, in the comedy genre. Also, the themes of this are very notable. While primarily uh, this movie is a comedy, Liar Liar also touches on themes of honesty, fatherhood, and the importance of personal integrity. You also have this movie, of course, family-friendly. Despite some adult themes, the film is generally considered family-friendly and has been popular among a wide range of audiences. Liar Liar was well-received by audiences for its humor and heart. It stands out as one of Jim Carrey's memorable comedic roles from the 90s and is often cited for its feel-good nature and its exploration of the consequences of dishonesty. I love this movie. The Claw. Watch, watch out for the Claw. There's so many aspects of this movie I love. I've watched it so many times. Um, you know, it, it's great. It's a movie that I'm glad is on here because it highlights, especially for kids, the idea of making a birthday wish. And having your wish come true, this kind of magical thing that can happen. In many ways, this is similar to Home Alone. Home Alone, he has a Christmas wish where he wishes his family would disappear and his wish is granted. Uh, but in this one, is a little bit different, obviously, Jim Carrey being the central figure. Uh, but the fact that the wish impacts our main character and it's a birthday wish, uh, I love that. I love that as well. And I love the ending of it, him wishing, like, Max, did you wish that your parents would get back together? He's like, no, I wanted a bike or whatever. Uh, I love Liar Liar. It's a great movie. One of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Definitely heartwarming uh, and great, great performances. I'm kicking my own ass. It just so many great so many great quotes in this. There, some great uh, outtakes as well in the credits, which I always love that in movies. Uh, but coming in number three, my third favorite birthday movie is Liar Liar.
Moving on to number two, my second favorite movie. This is a movie that I haven't seen in a long time, but it's another movie that I watched a lot growing up and didn't really think of it as a birthday movie, but the main thrust of this movie is the gift given to our main character. So it's our main character is having a birthday, and the movie is about the gift that he is given from one of his friends, uh, and I loved revisiting this movie. I purchased it because it wasn't available to stream anywhere. I hadn't seen it, and when I started watching it, I realized I could quote it. I like I knew all of the words before they said them, and I was like, "Wow, I it's been a long time since I've watched this movie, and I really love it." Uh, that's why coming in at number two, my second favorite birthday movie is, and probably hits harder now that I'm older. Uh, and uh, similarly aged to our main character. Uh, coming in at number two is City Slickers. This movie came out in 1991. This is another comedy. This one directed by Ron Underwood. It's known for its blend of humor and heartfelt moments, as well as its exploration of midlife crises and the value of adventure and friendship. Uh, the cast is great. You have Billy Crystal as Mitch Robbins, a Manhattan radio advertisement salesman who is experiencing a midlife crisis. You have Daniel Stern as Phil Burquist, Mitch's best friend who is struggling with his own personal and professional issues. You have Bruno Kirby as Ed Ferrillo, another friend of Mitch's who seems more successful, uh, who seems more successful and confident. Uh, you have Jack Palance as Curly Washburn, a tough, experienced cowboy who leads the cattle drive and becomes a mentor figure to Mitch. You also have Patricia Wedig, Helen Slater, and Noble Willingham in supporting roles. And this film revolves around Mitch Robbins, a man turning 39, who is dissatisfied with his urban life. Uh, as a birthday gift, his friend Phil and Ed Join him on a two-week cattle drive vacation in the Southwest, hoping to find some adventure and break from their routine lives. The trio, who are all facing their individual midlife challenges, head out on the cattle drive, which is led by a gruff but wise cowboy, Curly. Initially, the city dwellers find themselves out of their element in the rough cowboy lifestyle, leading to various comedic situations. As the journey progresses, the men confront their uh, personal demons, develop a deep uh, camaraderie, and learn important life lessons from Curly. Mitch, in particular, finds inspiration in Curly's simplistic outlook on life, famously summed up in his one line about the one thing. That is the secret to life. Just one thing. Uh, many notable aspects to this film, of course, the performances, Jack's Palance performances, Curly was critically acclaimed, earning him an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. His gruff, seasoned cowboy persona contrasted sharply with the urban characters, adding depth and humor to the film. The themes are another notable aspect. The film effectively mixes comedy with more serious themes of midlife crises, uh, the, the search for meaning in life, and the importance of friendship. And, of course, humor being a big aspect to this. City Slickers is noted for its witty script and comedic performances, particularly by 
Billy Crystal. Uh, also, a cultural impact. This film has a commercial was a commercial success and resonated with audiences, particularly those who could relate to its themes of midlife, in introspection, and the desire for adventure. City Slickers stands out as a memorable and entertaining film from the early 90s, offering both laughter and the thoughtful take on life's challenges and the value of stepping outside one's comfort zone. Its, uh, its success led to a sequel, City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold, that came out in 1994. Uh, it, first off, I, I, looking in the mirror, I feel good that I am four years older than the character Billy Crystal played. I don't know how old Billy Crystal is in this film, but uh, I, feel, uh, I feel like I'm handling it a little bit better. I may not feel... I don't know if I would ha handle being on a cattle drive necessarily uh but yeah uh i surprising that it's like oh i'm 39 i'm like holy shit <laughs> he's got like you also have a young in this movie you have a young jake gyllenhaal plays his son uh it's uh it's crazy when you see a movie and he's like got a family got a career and a kid i think he has two kids you just don't see the other one and uh this whole life and uh you realize that he's four years younger than you um but a great movie i loved it i love watching it uh and i it mostly holds up i would say it's i i think it holds up pretty well overall and a lot of great like so many great comedic moments uh so coming in at number two my second favorite comedy now my second favorite birthday movie is city slickers Let's take a short break from this episode. Hey, loyal listeners of The Ray Taylor Show. You know, it's one thing to tune in and engage with the content I passionately create for you, but what if I told you there's a way to wear your fandom? Introducing our exclusive line of merchandise inspired directly by the vibes and visuals of this very podcast. From stylish t-shirts that'll make you stand out in a crowd, to our eco-friendly, biodegradable phone cases adorned with artwork inspired by the show. You can now carry a piece of the Ray Taylor Show wherever you go. Whether you're looking to make a fashion statement, protect your phone with some flair, or simply want to show off your love of the show, our merchandise has got you covered. Ready to rock our gear? Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com and get yours today. Wear the show be the vibe now let's get back to that very show moving on to my number one favorite birthday movie of all time this is a movie about the a gift a gift another gift the last one you know was about a gift this one's about a gift as well but it's a very tonally very different movie from the rest of the films on this list and just a really fun movie to watch, especially. Uh, and a uh, lot of reasons why this is number one. But let's get into it. My number one favorite birthday movie is The Game. This movie came out in 1997. It's a psychological thriller from director David Fincher. Known for its intricate plot, suspenseful twists, and exploration of themes like isolation and existential crises. It's often praised for its engrossing narrative and the way it blurs the lines between reality and illusion. 
the cast in this movie is great. You have Michael Douglas as Nicholas Van Orton, a wealthy and successful investment banker with a seemingly perfect life that conceals his inner uh, emptiness and detachment. You also have Sean Penn as Conrad Van Orton, Nicholas's younger brother who introduces Nicholas to the game. You also have Deborah Cara uh, Unger, who is Christine, a woman Nicholas meets who may or may not be part of the game. You also have James Rebhorn as Jim uh, Feingold, an employee of the company that operates the game. Also, Peter Donut and Carol Baker in supporting roles. In this movie, the film begins with Nicholas Van Orden, a cold and isolated businessman who is estranged from his family and haunted by his father's suicide. On his 48th birthday, Nicholas is contacted by his estranged brother, Conrad, who gifts him a cer certificate to participate in an enigmatic game offered by a company called Consumer Recreation Services, CRS. Skeptical but intrigued, Nicholas agrees to the game, which begins to infiltrate every aspect of his life. The lines between the game and reality start to blur as Nicholas finds himself caught in a series of increasingly bizarre and dangerous situations. The game consumes him, stripping away his sense of control and forcing him to confront his deepest fears and insecurities. As Nicholas tries to figure out the rules and purpose of the game, he faces psychological and physical challenges that push him to his limits. The intense ex experience, uh, experiences lead him to a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Many notable aspects to this film as well. Of course, the psychological thriller elements of this film uh, excels in building psychological tension, uh, making the audience question what is real and what is part of the game. The performances in this film are great. Michael Douglas delivers a strong performance, effectively portraying a man whose conf uh, controlled life unraveled uh, into chaos. Uh, the twists and turns of this film are great. The game is known for its unexpected plot twists, which keep the audience guessing until the very end. The themes of this film are great. The, theme, the film delves into themes such as essential dread, uh, the search for meaning in life, and the uh, dehumanization, dehumanizing effect of wealth and isolation. The visual style is another notable aspect typical of Fincher's work. The film's visual style is dark and atmospheric, contributing to its unsettling and claustrophobic feel. The game received mixed reviews upon its release, but has since gained appreciation for its originality and the way it deftly handles the complex plot. It's often rem uh, remembered for its compelling narrative and as a distinctive entry in David Fincher's filmography, showcasing his skill in creating suspenseful and thought-provoking cinema. This is a movie that did not make my top five list of David Fincher that I did a few weeks ago. However, David Fincher uh, makes a lot of bangers. There are very few Fincher films that aren't that great, and uh, this one just barely... Missed, just barely missed. I, w I would have loved to have the game on there. Uh, but it's on this list at number one. Just a great, 
thriller, a great ride. You like, even though I've seen this movie a few times, it's been a while. And after a while, I kind of forgot how it ends. And the end surprised me. I was like, I don't remember this happening. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That didn't happen. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great movie, a, a great Fincher film. Um, and just an insane, like that would be an insane birthday present that only somebody who's ultra wealthy would be experiencing and taking part in but and also something that if you thought too closely about the logistics of how they would be able to pull something like this off any company would uh is pretty unbelievable but as a movie it's such a great ride uh this is probably the most adrenaline filled birthday movie um yeah and uh that's why it's here at number one my number one favorite birthday movie is the game now let's talk about some honorable mentions. Uh, there's a lot of movies that I thought maybe come put on this list. Wine Country is a great one. It's about a bunch of women who go to wine country for one of their friends' birthdays. A group of women friends, and I think she's turning 40 or something like that. Uh, and it's a really fun movie. I really enjoy it. I think it's on Netflix. And... Uh, I really like a lot of uh, female actor actresses from Saturday Night Live. Um, a really fun movie. Almost made the list, but I, I made some. Tr I didn't want all comedies on this list, uh, so it didn't make the list. But honorable mention nonetheless. Uh, Toy Story, the first Toy Story movie. Uh, Buzz Lightyear is was a birthday gift for Andy. Uh, and that gift changes everything. The movie's all about how that gift changes the dynamic in that world. But I didn't put it on the list because it's the movie's not about Andy at all. Um, and it, it's it, like it could have been a gift given to him on any day. It didn't have to. It could have been a Christmas. Like if, if he had gotten Buzz Lightyear on Christmas and the rest of the movie takes place in January, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't consider it a Christmas movie necessarily. So I didn't really consider Toy Story a Christmas movie. Paddington 2, another amazing movie that I absolutely love. Paddington 2 is all about Paddington trying to get a birthday present for his aunt uh, who is coming to visit London. Uh, so it's all about the acquisition of a birthday present. The character that's birthday it is isn't a big part of the movie. The birthday itself, it wouldn't have to be like he could be trying to get this as just a gift uh, for any day. Doesn't the birthday aspect of Paddington 2 wasn't a big, big enough part of the movie, despite the fact how much I love this movie. And every time I watch Paddington 2, I can't not buy marmalade um and uh english muffins so if you look at my refrigerator right now i have marmalade and english muffins because paddington too uh encanto a great movie uh, about people receiving gifts on their birthday like special like superpowers almost um it's really more a movie about family dynamics than it is about birthdays uh, so that I didn't, even though I love it, I love the musical elements. I loved rewatching it. Uh, just didn't feel like a birthday movie. And then onward is another one where the, uh, another great movie, 
Um, but it's about a kid turning 16 and being able to given a magic uh, spell to bring his dad who has since passed away, bring him back to life for one day on his birthday. And uh, the spell goes wrong. And the movie's all about trying to correct the spell to bring him back before the day is over. And I feel it's more a, a movie about this adventure, not really about the birthday, even though birthday boy is, Part, big major main character of it it just didn't feel like again it could have been any day didn't necessarily the fact that it was on his birthday is kind of irrelevant um but i loved all those movies just didn't just didn't make the list for all those reasons uh but let me recap my list one more time and i'm sure there's others as well for sure let me know uh but let me recap my list one more time and we'll get out of here this is my top five birthday movies. Starting off with number five is The Boys and the Band from 1970. Number four is Midsommar. Number three is Liar Liar. Number two is City Slickers. And my number one favorite birthday movie is The Game. Please let me know your top five favorite birthday movies. Let me know. I'm sure there's, sure there's plenty of birthday movies that I weren't wasn't aware of or didn't get to, uh, or maybe they just weren't movies that hit me uh, like they hit you. So let me know in the comments. Hit me up on social media what your top five birthday movies are. I would love to hear them. And happy birthday to whoever, whoever's birthday it is. I assume if you're looking this up, maybe it's your birthday or somebody you know. Happy birthday to you or to them, and I hope that you enjoyed my list. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my ranking and analysis of, uh, analysis of my Top 5 birthday movies. Let me know how you would rank them. Are there any films I missed or should I, I should reconsider? Join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all new episode. See you again next week for more top five. Subscribe to the Ray Taylor show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad free over at inspiredisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.